0: Hi, I'm Bonnie McClure, and you're listening to the Family of Virtues podcast.
1: Thank you for joining me on the Family of Virtues podcast. I would like to take this opportunity to thank our listeners from all over the world who are tuning into these podcasts week in, week out from over 20 different countries now. Your support and encouragement is invaluable to us. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. For more information, please head to familyofvirtues.com slash rate. That's familyofvirtues.com slash rate. And lastly, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Family of Virtues. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Family of Virtues podcast again. It's such an honor for me to be able to welcome all of you. And I honor you for your commitment towards your families and your children as well. Today, we've got Bonnie McClure, a very special guest on the podcast. She's got a whole host of experience and a very colorful life, and I'll tell you why. She's a freelance writer from rural Northwest Georgia. She completed her bachelor's in psychology with a minor in studio art at the University of West Georgia in 2012, and for over a decade, she worked for a small nonprofit. Montessori School, earning first-hand experience with child development and non-traditional educational practices. The last seven years of her tenure, she held an administrative leadership role. Bonnie is an avid runner and a practicing yogi. I love that. (laughs) Her writing is focused on spiritual growth, parenting, positive psychology, and self-improvement. In fact, that's how I found her, by reading one of her articles. And the bulk of her published work is found on psychcentral.com. Bonnie's especially interested in the intersection of spirituality and psychology for living a fulfilled and purposeful life, but her favorite job by far is raising her two young sons plus a Dalmatian mix (laughs) named Kutsu. Wow, (laughs) excellent. Where did that name come from, Bonnie? Oh,
0: actually, my oldest son named him, Uh um, and Uh you can tell... He got the name from all of the kudzu plant that's growing in our backyard.
1: <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. The last time I spoke to you I could hear the birds and I saw the greenery and everything, <laughs> and I haven't even welcomed you on the show officially. What's wrong with me, Bonnie? Welcome to <laughs> Family of Virtues. Thank you
0: so much. I'm am, I'm am so humbled and honored to be a part of this work. I just I think it's wonderful what you're doing and what you're sharing and I'm just really excited to be a part of it. So thank you for having me. No, no,
1: thank you, Bonnie. I mean, honestly, this is how the world works now. I stumbled Mm -hmm. upon your article. I find your website. I contact you Mm -hmm. and you just responded. (laughs) And, you know, two people from opposite parts of the world with, you know, being like-minded in such a thing. I think it's just really special. I think it just shows how technology can be used for the better, you know.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree
1: yeah and um Bonnie, today we 're going to be focusing our discussion on the virtue of peacefulness, and it is something that you resonate with very well. I know in our in our conversations and correspondence that we've had it's something that you've picked as well personally mm-hmm. so i'm going to read the card for peacefulness, and for our listeners just a just a reminder as well that these cards are available on um, the virtue store um And uh, sorry, these are the Virtues Reflections cards that are available on the Virtue Store. And you can also download the Virtues app uh, called Virtues Cards um, that's available on iOS and Google Play. So peacefulness. Peacefulness is inner calm and tranquility. It is a sense of harmony with all creation. Inner peace comes from quiet reflection and prayer. We release the past and let anxiety go. We keep a graceful pace, not allowing ourselves to be rushed or overwhelmed. We do not give in to anger. We resolve conflict in a just and gentle way. Peace is giving up the love of power for the power of love. I just love that. And we choose the unity of peace over the fragmentation of fear. Peace in the world begins with peace in our lives bonnie peacefulness what are your reflections (laughs) on those words
0: (laughs) oh i love it and i I love the words that that card uses to describe Mm. peace um Mm. we speak a lot in our home about being a peacekeeper yeah and i have to attribute that to the montessori school that Mm. i worked at for many many years and um my, when I had my own children, my two sons also went through that program for their preschool years. Yes. And my youngest son actually started there when he was an infant. We had opened mm. an infant classroom at that time. And if you ever get an opportunity to observe or view or even be a part of an infant Montessori classroom, <laughs> it is a <laughs> really beautiful thing. Mm. Um because peace education is actually a part of the Montessori philosophy, yes. um, and I'll say just a little bit about Maria Montessori, if that's okay. She's of course she's the, the founder of that philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. She was truly a trailblazer. Yeah, and she was the first female physician, medical physician in Italy at that time, mm-hmm. and she took a group of children that basically had been abandoned by the system Mm. at that time. They had been kind of deemed unable to be successful in the educational Mm. system that was in place at that time for whatever reason. Mm. And they were kind of left really to their own devices. Um, They didn't have a whole lot of like special education resources and things at that time. Mm. And she observed these children, which is a really powerful tool for parents and families that, um, just to observe, you know, being able to step back and objectively notice and bring awareness to what, you know, what naturally brings your child joy. (laughs) Um, I think we all feel like as parents that we know our children pretty well. Mm -hmm. but taking some time to deliberately step back and observe them and notice things about them just from a curious standpoint, you know, um, that helps us to get outside of some of our assumptions or emotions that might sometimes cloud our view of our child. Yes. And so she did that. She just, took some time to observe, you know, what are these children naturally interested in? What are their natural inclinations? Um, and she built around that her the beginnings of her, her Montessori philosophy and her curriculum. Hmm. And she developed concrete materials, you know, manipulatives that the children could use and work with. And she found that they really excelled when they and they really were able to tap into the concentration and focus needed for education when they had purposeful work right um and so it was just really incredible especially for that time you know and then of course over the years she developed more and more she traveled all around the world sharing her philosophy um and, you know, one one important part of her curriculum and her technique is that it encompassed, her view of education encompassed the whole child. So yes. it wasn't just about academics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't even just about the social and emotional learning. It's the whole thing. And yeah. so she knew that There sometimes you need to, you know, you need to figure out what the need of the child is and meet Mm -hmm. that need so that they're able to move forward successfully in other areas. You know, it's very difficult for a child to be academically successful. So, you know, viewing education of the whole child and a a big part of that for her just built into her philosophy was peace education Um she was one of the first people to say, we actually need to teach children how to be graceful and courteous.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um,
0: and we call those lessons in Montessori grace and courtesy.
1: Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Um,
0: and you know, she believed she was truly a visionary too, because she believed that children were the makers of men. And, you know, it's so true. If we want men and women, um, to be able to collaborate peacefully and you know make these important decisions for our world, mm-hmm. then we need mm-hmm. to go back to the very beginning and we need to look at um, you know what their experiences are of yeah. as children when they're just really beginning to formulate um, you know their sense of security and safety and their perception of others and how they impact one another you know all those things come into play when Mm. we're trying to collaborate with someone else peacefully
1: yes yeah no i i I really love that i uh, there were so many times where i wanted to sort of say something but i was just loving the way you were you know (laughs) just describing the work of maria montessori there i think it it deserves to be heard Mm -hmm. and i you know it seems revolutionary but I think if you sort of reflect on ourselves, Bonnie, mm-hmm. when we're going through a conflict, when we're going through a particular struggle, then it's very hard to be able to discern. It's very hard to be able to come up with a solution or a decision when there is a lot of noise, when... And, and by noise, I, ju- I don't just mean, you know, volume or, or people talking, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Ev- even in terms of, you know, expectations, um, in terms of, you know, body language, in terms of what you think other people are expecting you to do at that time. And, and I liked what you said about ob- observation, you know, taking a couple of steps back. Mm-hmm. observing what our children are actually doing and to be able to do that with a level of detachment as well. You know, not to be so emotionally attached and project what we want on our children, but allowing them to sort of be their own person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think it's really important because the older they get, um, if, if they don't get this kind of opportunity, do you feel like as if they may have the tendency to then be or say what other people want them to be or say
0: definitely i mean i think cultivating an individual sense of self is really Mm. important for the child Mm. and you know when you were speaking on that just now it reminded me of a really great book i i really try to tell everyone about this book. It made such an impact on my life and mm-hmm. and my efforts toward peaceful resolution. It's by oh. the Arbinger Institute, mm-hmm. which is a collection of authors and researchers, and it's called The Anatomy of Peace. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. this book describes how we have a tendency to um, actually perpetuate the conflict that we say and, and believe that we really, you know, that we want to avoid. And we do this through a process that is like Mm. self-deception. And it begins when we start to view others as objects instead of, people. Yep. and you know, I don't think any of us readily identify with the type of person that would see another as an object. <laughs> you know that mm. that seems so yep. primitive or archaic or you know, but I think that it happens in very subtle ways that we often don't realize and it's related to our some of our need to be seen Mm -hmm. in certain ways or to be justified in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And the book does a great job of going through the psychology of how that happens. But, you know, it points out that and really highlights how others really respond more to our way of being toward them Mm -hmm. than what it is we're actually saying Right. And so I think that's really important to consider about children. And when you're communicating Mm -hmm. to children, especially as they're still really piecing together language and vocabulary and just communication skills in general, they Mm -hmm. even more so, I think, are relying on, you know, your tone and body language.
1: Absolutely.
0: And... Sometimes those things can even be, you know, accidentally misconstrued. Like, I have this great story that just happened recently. My oldest son is in first grade, so Mm -hmm. he's really working on his reading skills right now, and he Mm -hmm. has reading homework every night. And one night, we were working together on that, and he said, you know, I really don't like when you use the word excellent. It mm. it sounds like you're mad at me or like I've mm. done something wrong. And I was really taken aback by, first of all, his ability to articulate that, you know, just, right. I was like, so glad that he, you know, articulated that to me and communicated that to me so that we could talk about it and bring awareness to it. <laughs> and I think, you know, some people might be put off by, um, What might seem like a personal preference, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think what he was trying to communicate, he didn't really understand that word. Um, And what's really important about that is I didn't even realize I was using that word.
1: That's right. (laughs) You know, there's so many
0: little automatic praises that we default to. Or just, I mean, there's a lot of them. That's another great thing about observation. When you really try to take an objective step back,
1: yeah, then you yeah. can
0: see some of those things that you do without even thinking about
1: it. Yeah. Do you do you remember when we were actually training, um, uh, you know, to be teachers, and then there would be somebody in the back of the room writing each and everything that you did, and each mm-hmm. and every word that you said. Yes, this is the amount of times that you said excellent, or this mm-hmm. is the amount of times that you said good job. Yes, it kind of feels it kind of feels like as if somebody needs to do that um you know even even as as parents but i i really acknowledge you know your relationship that you have with your son and i'm sure with your both both your children as well that relationship of trust mm-hmm. um you know for 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 him to be able to say that to you i think um you know it's special like you said maybe he didn't understand what the word meant but he was he was sort of connecting with the way it was said perhaps yes as well Mm -hmm. and uh, that's i I have a six-year-old too and and there are several times where something as innocent as are you okay and he doesn't like it every time i say are you okay Mm -hmm. you know boys can be boys as well i don't mean to stereotype but you know how they are not so keen to talk about feelings sometimes right um and if I say, are you okay, he, he gives me a look and he frowns and he mm-hmm. grunts until I remember to, to rephrase myself, mm-hmm. um, you know. And, and I asked him once, I said, you know, well, daddy's, daddy's caring about you and what would you prefer me say? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you can say, are you feeling fine? But I'm okay. I don't want you to ask me if I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's got this thing about him. Uh, you know, I think he just does not want to show that he's hurt. Um, because every time he trips and I can see from my peripheral vision, he's quickly picking himself up and then he's looking at me to see whether I'm looking back at him or not, ah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's this phase that he's going through. And I'm fine with that. Right. The blessing of a skin, knee and all of that stuff, you know, I'm not, I'm not up to rescue or swoop. You know, he's had a fall, pick himself up mm-hmm. and, and he's good, you know. Right. Um, unless unless there's something that, that, that's of concern and then you deal with the concern. Sure. But, yeah, look, peacefulness. Is I I don't it's it's hard for me to preach peacefulness to to families right, mm-hmm. um, especially during this pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot
1: of stuff's gone completely upside down, Bonnie, for a lot of people. Right, you know, and 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 I say that with 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 you know all due respect. We've got uh, families, we've got businesses, you know, we've got unemployment, we've got homeschooling, we've got parents with you know multiple children. Um, multiple devices, different rooms at the same time, and little children listening to so many things that they otherwise wouldn't be listening to under normal circumstances too mm-hmm. um, How do you encourage a parent to be able to bring peace into their lives because surely we are modeling for our children, and these are this is an impressionable age, right. They're looking at us, they're seeing how we are, how we are reacting mm-hmm. uh, to situations in times of adversity, and they're starting to build this emotional collection of responses, if you like, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that may be acceptable in the future for them because of why we are doing it. So I just sort of want to start with us as parents, when we're going through these stresses and anxiety, how do we bring this into our personal life, into our relationships, And how can we guide our children in understanding and practicing peacefulness?
0: Well, I think that first we have to get really clear on what peace is, Mm. um, what it really is. Because unfortunately, I think a lot of times peace and peacefulness gets a bad rap. (laughs) I think that it is sometimes viewed as or thought of as passivity or Mm -hmm, weakness, or even sometimes I think it's confused with people pleasing. Yes. And there's a big difference between people pleasing, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, compromising your own values in order to avoid conflict completely and peace keeping, which is more about really being able to, make an effort to see things as clearly as possible. So we go back to that idea of being able to kind of step outside of my own perspective, you Mm -hmm. know, and my own emotional responses to what is happening um, Mm -hmm. and being able to recognize those as emotions and they are valid, they are important, um, but Mm -hmm. they don't have to guide my behavior um, and they don't have to guide how I respond and the actions that I take. Um, yeah. And I think going back to that idea of being able to see, you know, if we're in conflict with someone, um, or some idea, you know, Mm -hmm. as the case may be, then trying to see the other people involved as much as possible as other people with their own perspectives and their own emotions. Um, and, It doesn't mean that we have to agree, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. on every point, but we do need to cultivate a space where we can honor, you know, whatever it is that they're feeling or their perspective that they have um, and try to bring some amount of understanding to that. And again, the point there is to be able to see the situation clearly because when we get swept up in our emotions and our justifications and our, and we start to generalize other people's behavior, you know, Mm -hmm. um, then that's when we really, our perspective can become really skewed on the Mm -hmm. situation and that's going to make it harder to bring a peaceful resolution to the problem. Mm. Or to be able to even problem solve, you know, problem solving is a little bit of a creative process, um, yes. and we kind of hamper that process if we're very focused on our, you know, if we're having a lot of internal interference with our emotions mm. at that time.
1: Right. So, as 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 children, when they're actually seeing us, mm-hmm. what sort of tips can you actually give parents? Because I'm sort of hearing a lot nowadays, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, with with students in school. There's a lot of banter going on at home, and quite honestly, you know, we, we're hearing a lot of stories, even stories that we're reading online about children, you know, complaining about increased conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been reading crime reports from different countries. And, you know, domestic violence is on the rise as well since the pandemic has started. So obviously, as adults, a greater percentage of us aren't able to deal with this. Mm -hmm. We aren't able to deal with being at peace with one another. I mean, what did that card say? Resolving conflict in a just and gentle way. Mm -hmm. It seems like as if it's just not happening. And my concern is that it's just coming so loosely to us without us thinking about what the implications are yes. to you know the kid in the other room who shares a wall and and who's hearing all of these things you know if that's a boy is that what he thinks his is that what he thinks you know a man is supposed to do you mm-hmm. know to be the louder one be the bolder one if 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 that's a girl is that what she thinks she's supposed to do as a mum or as a wife you know the, 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 these these have this is so impressionable that it will have ramifications as they grow older right and I just want to invite parents to, to, to well, be peaceful, but, <laughs> more, but. More, than, more than anything, how, how do we create that awareness? And okay, fine. We, we spoke about why it's important, but right. what are the things that we can do together? Let's say we've got a couple listening to us right now. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Well,
0: you know, we've talked about the importance of being able to model, um, Peaceful behavior. And I think one great way to do that and a great way that we can invite our children to participate in that with us is Mm -hmm. our um, intentional prayer life. Um, And, you know, when we're speaking about prayerfulness and spirituality, we're really talking about the condition of our soul and our spirit, our motivation and our engagement in our own lives. Um, so being able to help our children bring awareness to their, yes. their internal spirit and their internal life, um, you know, and emotions are part of that. Right. But they're mm-hmm. not the whole thing of that, you no. know, yeah. um, because emotions are, f- are feelings and they are fleeting. Um, mm. And what actually, in part perpetuates our emotions is when we continue to think about them, right? We bring them back to our mind and we kind of run that emotional circuitry again. Mm -hmm. um, And that perpetuates the life of the emotion kind of in our body. Um, Mm. But, you know, prayer, even just the posture of prayer Mm. automatically brings us to work, at least working toward a place of peacefulness. We might not be there quite yet, you know, because I think anybody would say, especially nowadays, um, that it is challenging to go into the posture of prayer, you know, to sit Mm -hmm. quietly, calmly, um, without distraction, you know, and to Mm -hmm. intentionally focus our thoughts that that takes some skill for us in our world. Um, because we are so normally on the go, busy minded, multitasking, you know, um, but it's an important skill. I think that we've, we've, we've especially kind of gotten away from. Um, so even just practicing that, you know, let's just, let's practice,
1: And together as a family as well. Yes,
0: definitely. And it doesn't have to be, to bring it to a really practical place, um, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that your expectations are realistic for where you are right now. Um, So you don't have to expect that your child's going to sit for 10 or 15 minutes in prayer Mm -hmm. to begin with, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, What you can do instead is just, okay, so first observe your child's level of, calm and self-controlled that they're wherever they're at right now Mm -hmm. and then say okay let's you know we're going to sit together we're going to practice silence Mm -hmm. for 30 seconds you know one Mm -hmm. minute whatever it is you just start with a really small piece and then incrementally you can grow Mm -hmm. that over time okay now's our Peaceful time, our prayerful time, you know, we're going to practice silence. Sometimes we would even do it in the car, um, yeah. you know, driving in the car. But the boys kind of have learned our path to and from school and they know like these landmarks that we pass. And so I would say, you know, let's see if we can practice silence. Um, until we get to
1: this certain until we get to that point. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so
0: yeah. that way it's a little bit of a game. that's a that's a really to... nice
1: uh, yeah, it's a nice strategy as well. and for for kids that aren't able to do that, I mean, would it be okay for us to say, right, we we're practicing silence or practicing peacefulness up to getting to a certain point? <coughs> I like that as well, mm-hmm. because it allows them to relate because younger children, you know they find it very difficult with the concept of time. You know, oh yes, what is, definitely. What is one minute? What is five minutes, right? Right. Um with, with with my son, uh I I he understands the concept of time with the length of a single episode mm-hmm. on Netflix.
0: Yes,
1: uh-huh. So okay, just as long as one episode of Paw Patrol and he understands. <laughs> oh, that's not too long, Daddy. Yes. <laughs> that's what he gets.
0: I can do um, that. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> you know? Definitely. But can can we also Can we also let our children know that as you're sitting in peacefulness, instead of them saying, oh, this is boring, that we actually give them a reflective task Mm -hmm. while they're actually sitting in peacefulness? Like, I want you to come up with three things that you're grateful for, and I want you to sit and process that, and we're not going to say anything until we get to that point, like that marker that Mm -hmm. you were talking about Mm -hmm. as well. Does that work for kids who you know, would find it hard otherwise if they they had nothing to sort of anchor their thoughts on.
0: Oh, yes, definitely. And, you know, I think that goes back to the idea of how children really crave and need to have purposeful work, which I mean, and that makes sense. I mean, as an adult, you know, how how prone am I to invest time and energy in something that I think has no purpose.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you
0: know, <clears throat> mm-hmm. so, you know, if the, if the child can perceive that there is kind of a purpose or, or a task, you know, something that they can focus their attention on, yes. then I think that that is helpful. And I think it's important as parents, too, to realize that children, every child needs to practice this. And what I mean by that is just the act of practicing because children don't Mm -hmm. just come into the world, you know, knowing innately understanding (laughs) how to be peaceful Mm -hmm. or prayerful, you know. And so I think you just as a parent have to give yourself some compassion and say, well, we need to practice these things. You know, this is part of the process. There's, you know, and so looking for opportunities where you can intentionally practice those things like we were talking about the drive to school or you know waiting in the doctor's office oh this looks like a good time where we can practice our calm peaceful body you know and they really they need to practice those things because it's a skill just like anything else absolutely yes
1: the amount of time and effort and, and, you know, the, the amount of time and effort that parents take to make sure that kids are doing well in math and practicing their math and practicing their English and doing their daily reading, as you said that you're doing with your six-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's because there's a certain outcome. There's a desirable outcome there. You want them to be good in math. You want them to be good in English. You want them to be good at something. They're practicing so that they're going to get good at it. Right. And if we just take a couple of steps back and we ask ourselves the question, do we want our children to be peaceful? Mm -hmm. Do we want our children to be able to solve problems without judgment? Do we want them to be gentle? Do we want them to be graceful? Um, You know, do we want them to be all of these things? And if yes, that is a desirable outcome. Mm -hmm. Then how can we think that we don't need to practice that? Exactly. So so definitely I think it it, it is really, really important, you know, and, and sometimes parents may feel that it's it's very contrived and you know it's 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 something that doesn't doesn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. And if that's how we feel, then let's take it on ourselves to grow together. Right. You know, I I think we need to take that pressure away from the parent as well, that if you haven't really been the meditating kind, and I don't really mean anything in a spiritual or religious way, but if you really haven't been the kind to sort of reflect, to to sort of be at peace, I do feel somewhere deep inside everybody feels that they need it, you know, in in the midst of all the noise that you do need that period of silence. Mm -hmm. So let's practice it together with our children. And Bonnie, the amount of times that... Parents try and fill in the gap, you know, of silence. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and
1: some and and it's because, oh my God, what's he doing? Oh, he's playing on his own. Oh, I feel so bad that he's playing on his own. Let's quickly, quick, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's let's come and step in and, and give him an activity. Right to do right he's playing he's playing on his own he's comfortable being with himself he's honoring his own spirit whatever his imagination is whatever he's thinking about you know that's 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 him being at peace with himself as well which is really important definitely i think
0: being given opportunities to play independently like that is Mm. so important because that is how children learn a lot of their discernment so discernment is something that we all kind of have to develop over time. You know, there's very rarely is there a very blatant, black and white concrete answer about what we should do when we're making a decision. Instead, we have to kind of consult our internal guidance system. When we're making a decision, we evaluate the different options and, over time we hone that ability through our experiences and across different contexts as well. I think that's an important part of practicing peacefulness is that you do it over different contexts. Um, So, you know, at the grocery store, at home, at school, you know, when you attend church, like all these different environments are going to present different challenges to being practicing peacefulness that will, you know, fine tune that skill over time. Absolutely. So I think doing it in different contexts is, is very important. And when a child plays independently, you know, and when they do things themselves, they really experience firsthand what their impact is on their environment. Yes. Um, and so that's a really important, you know, I have to often remind myself not to do things for my children. Yeah. you know, um, yeah. that's kind of a yeah. tenet of Montessori as well, the independence yeah. of the child yeah. the and the independent.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the strategies of the virtues is also, you know, to acknowledge and to provide an affirmation. So children will do these things, like playing independently. Like sometimes they're just at peace with where they are and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think we should really not use... We should not lose that opportunity to acknowledge them, you know, so that they understand the feeling or the emotion or the sentiment behind what the word actually means. Yes. So if, for example, you know, son's playing on his own and you've observed him and he's been, you know, back to that observation again... You go around, you do your own work, you find your own peace, and he's peaceful. And, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, he suddenly looks up and, goes, oh, how much time has passed? I mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, could have gone to another planet and back, right? right. Um, and and then he'd sort of come to you, and you'd go to him and say, wow, you know, I acknowledge you for playing so peacefully. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you were so determined when you were building that Lego set. I just didn't want to bother you, but you were so peaceful when you were playing. Um. And then that child will understand that what he was actually demonstrating, that particular disposition, Mm -hmm. is what peacefulness is. Yes. And when you spoke about going to church or going to the supermarket, when you know your child will have a tendency of acting up a little bit, Mm -hmm. you can then guide them before it actually happens. And the only way you can do that is if you've actually acknowledged them in the past. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. you know, if, unless they understand what it means, how can we guide them and say, look, we're about to go into church and I know that you're being really flexible right now because we missed your, you know, Paw Patrol special episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So thank you for your flexibility, but I'm going to need you to be peaceful. Mm-hmm. And when we get back, you can watch the recording. Right. So you've, you've basically set an expectation of the behavior that's required for a particular place. And, and you know, it then reduces the struggle, the power struggles and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's my take on it.
0: Absolutely. And I think, mm. you know, affirmations are really important in general. You know, how how much does it mean to you when someone says your name and mm. offers, you know, a compliment on something that you've done, or, you know, just offers some, you know, a family member offers some care that they have for you or regard that they have for you. And the same kind of thing happens for our children when we offer mm. these affirmations to them, to their spiritual lives. It's it's very important to them. And, Absolutely. you know, I think often of this um, conversation, I actually overheard while eating at a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And, you know, they're, they're well known for their kind of principles and integrity just as an organization, I believe. Mm-hmm. And while I was eating there, they were actually having like a staff meeting or training session or something with a mentor. And I overheard him say, if a person is breathing oxygen through their mouth or their nose, mm-hmm. they need encouragement. Mm. And that just always stuck with me as such a a beautiful way. I mean, he could have just said, everybody needs encouragement. But a lot of times we just, yeah, okay, got it. Everybody needs encouragement. You know, we gloss over that. But he found a really beautiful way for us to, you know, really think about the fact that, no, literally every person (laughs) – you come yeah. in contact with, you know, we all have things that we're struggling through and, you know, internal worries and thoughts and emotions and that we're working through. And our children are no different. Yeah. You know, even if they put up a very confident facade, they have fears and worries and insecurities just like the rest of us. And so yeah. anytime that we can, you know, I really try to offer unsolicited affirmations to my children just periodically as I can remember that and just say, you know, Micah, I love you. (laughs) Mm. Not for any reason, not for anything you've done, you know, just, I want you to know that. And Mm. when I am able to do that, I can just see their faces light up. You know, it's this feeling of recognition and I can tell that it just empowers them. And so I think that's a really important thing in general, just being able to affirm, you know, yes. everything's okay. We're we mm. are doing okay right now. And mm. I think that is an important sense of their security that they're building yeah. for themselves.
1: Yeah. I I also don't think that parents need to fake it. Right. Um mm-hmm. and I I I don't think parents need to hide the troubles that they're going through. Mm-hmm. I don't think parents need to hide that they're upset. Right. You know, it, it, it is an upsetting time and things can be challenging. We're all living apart. We've got families scattered all over the country or even the world. And, and sometimes that happens. But I do feel what children learn from is how we can enter into a peaceful space Despite these challenges, yes. So you know, I think that's really important. I, you know, in this entire conversation, I don't think you know, Bonnie, you and I have ever been saying that we need to be these, you know, yogis. Um, <laughs> right. That every time a child wakes up in the morning, they see their parents levitating at a completely different level. <laughs> right. We we need to show them the human side. Yes. There's there's no faking it at all. And sometimes that that tends to happen because. You know, instead of being normal, you've got one spouse that's always trying to be the peacemaker, peacemaker, we can't say this, we Mm -hmm. can't say that, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't raise our voices. And then the other one that's trying to sort of be the normal one, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So so I guess instead of trying to sort of match those ideals all the time, I guess it's okay. I guess disagreements are okay. It's what happens after that, Mm -hmm. I think is key. It's recognizing those teachable moments and, you know, allowing our children to understand that yes, this is what happened, and, um, but this is, this is what I've chosen to do. You know, mm-hmm. This is what I've decided mm-hmm. to do. Before we go towards the, the, the practice of peacefulness and look at those statements, Bonnie, what, what, ad, what advice do you have for, for couples?
0: Um, well, I think that what you were just speaking about makes me think of just being authentic, you know, yeah. I think that children.
1: I, I like your words. I was, I was <laughs> just speaking very, I was just speaking very loosely without you know the euphemized versions, but authentic. I love yes. it. Okay, go yes,
0: on. <laughs> I think that um, children being able to see our authentic experience is really important, mm. and I think children, you know, they they will understand if we have to say some days, you know, I. I'm really not feeling well today or, you know, I'm really struggling with this Mm. thing that happened and it's making me Mm. feel, you know, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling confused, you know, and, and that is being able to talk about those emotions and how you're handling those is actually a really important part of children understanding how to deal with them themselves. I think that we, as parents, we just naturally kind of try to shield our children from more unpleasant or negative emotions, you know, Mm. or situations. Mm. But the reality is we all face them. And so Mm. we do have to figure out a way to, you know, model, like we said, model the ideal that we're kind of using as a guide for our lives, but then also balance that with. Well, this is what I'm really feeling right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. and how do I reconcile those two things? And that is the skill that our children will be able to use, you know, yeah, and apply yeah. to their own lives.
1: And just as an example, mm-hmm. Kutsu was being really peaceful before yes. <laughs> Right. And, and and that's that's the perfect opportunity for us to have acknowledged Kutsu for his peacefulness. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that now you could go, kutsu. I just need you to be just a little bit more patient, please. Yes. I appreciate you being peaceful. Right? <laughs> just just to sort of give the example of the language right. here yes. with parents a little bit. But that's that's exactly what it is, mm-hmm. you know. Um and, and kids get it. And kids get it, even as young as the age of three or four or five. Don't think that these words are too big for them. Right. As long as we keep using them, as long as we keep modeling them, you know, we they, they get it. Um uh, Bonnie, I'll move towards the practice of peacefulness okay. as we as we go towards our conclusion. Mm-hmm. Do you have the card with you? Please? I do. The practice of peacefulness.
0: I have a tranquil spirit. I enter the peace of reflection. I release my fears. I move calmly, without rush or hurry. I choose justice instead of anger. I choose unity. Over discord.
1: Mm. Yeah, um, I think that's that's probably summed up a lot of what we've spoken about today. What what what's one of uh, one statement that really sticks out to you, Bonnie? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I actually read these aloud right before we started our conversation, um, just yeah. to kind of bring my mind to this place of peacefulness and mm. one kind of humorous thing as i was reading them aloud <laughs> i first read i move calmly without rush or worry and <laughs> okay. and then i said oh hurry and i was like well without worry also <laughs> very true so very true. you know i guess that one was my The one that stuck out to me today because of that funny little event. But, you know, it's true. Being able to sometimes I think we don't even realize how quickly we're rushing through something, especially if we are nervous or worried and Mm -hmm. being able to slow that down a little bit and just say, you know what, I'm going to walk through this calmly and slowly and with intentionality And it really doesn't take, you know, a a whole lot more time than what we would have spent anyway. I find myself reminding my children of that as well, because Mm. sometimes if we have to slow down and take time to them, that just feels like, oh, you know, such a huge burden or extension of what we're doing. And I say, well, you know, it's really only... One or two more minutes that we're going to take to make sure that we do this right. You know,
1: absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an investment.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: Absolutely. Is mm-hmm. yeah. What sticks out to me was, uh, uh, I enter, I enter the piece of reflection. Yes. It really, it really helps me. You know, to start every day on my own, it just sets me well for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really appreciate that time. And that's probably something that I encourage everybody to have as well. You know, after a good night's rest, I, I appreciate the fact that I can be just on my own uh, first thing in the morning before everybody's up, before, you know, people start demanding your attention. Make sure you don't look at your phone. Make sure it's still on do not disturb mode. Mm-hmm. And and just sort of have that time because that being at peace with yourself, understanding what your expectations are for the rest of the day, you know, just before it actually starts. That that allows us to do all of those things. It allows us to be in a tranquil spirit. Mm-hmm. It allows us to think about our thoughts a lot more so we don't fear it as much because we think about what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're moving calmly without rush or hurry or worry, hopefully. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, So all of those things are really important. And that's what resonates with me, that that piece of reflection, I think, is really important. Because if everybody's always in your face and we aren't giving ourselves, you know, time to honor our own spirit. Right. I would find it very hard to be peaceful. That's that's just me. But, you know, I think that probably will be a lot of people as well. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that last statement, the affirmation, I'll read it. And if you can repeat after me as well, if you'd like. Okay. Um, I am thankful for the gift of peacefulness.
0: I am thankful for the gift of peacefulness.
1: It allows me to be an instrument of grace.
0: It allows me to be an instrument of grace.
1: Bonnie, thank you. Thank you for your time today. You have been graceful. You have been thoughtful. You have been so perceptive. And just your commitment to service as well. Like I told all my listeners earlier today, it was just an email communication. Um, and you were so enthusiastic in the way you responded to me. I'm just so grateful <laughs> to people like you to be able to give time. And, you know, even if somebody takes one or two things from conversations like these, Bonnie, it makes a difference to their lives. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference to the life of their children. It makes a difference to how their children will be responding to situations when they grow older and and just a difference to humanity so you know i i just acknowledge you for for all the things you know for just being so helpful um and 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 of, for your service as well thank you for being on the show
0: well thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed it and It was a growing experience for me as well. I'm just so happy to contribute to the work that you're doing here and and what you're offering parents. I think it's really important because our battlefield in today's world is really mental and emotional, you know, and so I think offering these virtues is a great way to equip and strengthen our parents and thereby strengthening you know their families and their children, and
1: and so I'm just very grateful for my small part. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, thank you, Bonnie. Thank you. Pleasure is all ours. And Bonnie, if they want to read more about you, I know we mentioned Site Central earlier, but where mm-hmm. can they find you? How can parents connect with
0: you? Uh, they can connect to me um, best through my website. It is writertype.org dot um, org. It's kind of a play on words of. The typewriter um, yes. I consider myself a writer type um, writing is my love and my ministry and, and that's how I like to connect to people so they can go to my website there and all my articles are there I have some resources for parents yes. and a parenting blog there as well so I'd love for them to Absolutely. be able to check that out yep
1: yeah, excellent I'll put I'll put that information in the episode description as well okay and um, for Family of Virtues, you guys know where to find us. We're available on Facebook and Instagram at Family of Virtues. And if you'd like to connect with me, I'm available at R Siddhartha. That's R S I D H A R T A on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And to all our listeners, until next time, let us, you know, inculcate peace in our lives, and may God bless us all. Thank you.